1: Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Chintry of the Tighten Up Podcast, and we are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show on uh, our segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline at A to Z Sports. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. For more great Titans content, we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at FBHP.com/slash/ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the Mid-State, Columbia, Murfreesboro, and in Franklin. They are online at KrebsKubota.com. Jack, before we dive into the Burke uh comments and play you those videos, I did want to share the statement from Amy Adams Strunk uh, on her new head coach yesterday. This is an exciting time for our franchise, and we're thrilled to have Brian Callahan as the head coach. Uh, We went through a candidate search and Brian stood out as the best person to lead our football team. I want to thank the other candidates who were part of the process and wish them well moving forward. Brian has a track record of success and a range of experience that has prepared him for this opportunity. His football knowledge and his enthusiasm for the game really stand out. And beyond that, we think his ability to lead will make him the ideal fit for the Titans franchise. So that's, Amy Adams struck Jack on her comment there. She also used flexibility and intelligence uh, words to use for Brian Callahan that stood out to me, flexibility of not just being stuck in your ways uh, that maybe somebody previously was, and we'll talk about later with Wesley Woodyard's comment, but uh, Jack, I just want to give a a roadmap of what today is going to be here on A to Z sports. So obviously we're live right now, just getting going five minutes into this show. That's probably going to be roughly an hour talking a lot about what Burt Nihill said and what Wesley Woodyard said yesterday on 104.5 The Zone. And then at 1 o'clock, Brian Callahan's press conference will be live. Uh, we will have content from that right up on our YouTube channel, our Facebook, our Instagram, and beyond. And then Sam will be live shortly after that for his Titans at 2 show. Uh, as quickly as Sam can go live, he will do that on these same channels. And then... Buck rising live tonight for A to Z sports primetime. So we've got that all day. So Brian Callahan at one Sam shortly after, as soon as he can after that for Titans at two and then Buck right around 8 PM tonight. So locked and loaded day here on A to Z sports, but let's hear from Burke Nihil, Jack on really the beginning of his conversation with Ramon, Kayla and Will on 104.5, the zone yesterday about this process that ended with Brian Callahan.
2: Yeah, Brian Callahan is the template, just plain and simple. Uh, We we started off going into this search, trying to be disciplined about creating a profile. You know, before you start putting names to it, before you start doing the research on experience, what specifically were we looking for? And um, it was character traits, it was experience sets, um, it was was league reputation, league network. um, And from the beginning, Brian Callahan uh, from the research was at the top of that list. And as the interview process played out, um, you know, I think we interviewed nine people and uh, a ton of impressive candidates in that mix. But from the very beginning, uh, you know, Brian started with a lead and ended with a lead. He just was exactly what we were looking for to partner with Rand Carthon to build a consistent championship contender.
1: So there's Burke Nihil, president and CEO of the Tennessee Titans, very smart guy. And and like Jack, we're going to have more conversations than going back to the Burke Nihil conversation, because there were so many good tidbits that Burke had yesterday, but that was one that kind of set the table for what this partnership, not collaboration, for what this partnership is going to be between Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan, as you have coined the Ranahan era is off and running.
3: Absolutely. It is. And man, is is Burke Nihil not the most impressive person you've ever heard in that interview i mean just his intelligence and how he laid everything out he explained the vision and why they held it back he said well we wanted to get the head coach's opinion because you know we can have a vision but if the head coach sees things a little bit differently we might agree to that vision and and, you know a merger of these you know multiple visions ends up being the super bowl vision so i i liked a lot of what he said he he really instilled confidence in me, in that the Titans have this thing right moving forward, and we'll see. You know, Brian Callahan uh, also, you, you know, laid out in that interview. Burke Hill explained um, that when it became kind of an open discussion on how to start fixing things, Callahan said, "This is what we want our X receiver to look like. This is what we want. This is what we want our Y receiver and Z receiver to look like." I think that that is so important that he's stressing playmakers there because. You know, since in the 25 years the Titans have been in town, it feels like they've only had four or five big-time receivers, right? And a couple of them have come recently. D. Mace, Nate Washington. I don't know if you call him big-time, but he surely was effective here um, while he was here. And then A.J. Brown, and now you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Like it, The well has been dry at that position. So for Callahan, Amy adams Burke Nihil, and Rand Carthen all to sit down in the same room on, on this second meeting when they're getting serious and talk wide receivers, it gets me excited.
1: Well, let's hear that clip uh, because we've got that for you. And this was the really impressive uh, back and forth of how this interview uh, with uh, Brian Callahan turned into the beginning of everything.
2: Um, Brian was the last in-person interview. Uh, it, it started off as a, as an interview, right? People asking Brian questions, Brian answering the questions. Uh, at some point, Amy Adams-Strunk, Kenneth Adams, uh, myself, ran. Chad Brinker, Anthony Robinson are, are in the room. And uh, at some point, that interview changed from an interview to a workshop on how they were going to build this thing. It just naturally evolved into it. Rand ran and Brian uh, went from Rand asking questions, Brian answering questions, to them just riffing and getting excited. And everybody was sitting up in their chair, uh, listening to them talk about, for example, you know, we're not looking for guys that are going to fall into a one, two, three receiver uh, bucket. We're looking for what defines our perfect X receiver in this system, what defines our perfect Z receiver in this system to the inch, to the, to the weight, to the, uh, to the athleticism score. Uh, when do you, when do you take an exception and, and how, how does a coach need to buy into an exception and how many exceptions can you have on a team? And these guys were just building a program to, to end an interview. Uh, we hadn't extended an offer yet. Uh, Ryan didn't know it was his job. But it was it was the beginning of the next generation of Titans football. That's vision, right? Is them talking together about how we're going to get where we need to go, which is delivering to Nashville a, a championship caliber team consistently
1: so Burke Nihill, I think, That's laying cool. out it's you know they didn't answer rank Carthon didn't answer the vision questions that happened at the press conference after Rabel was fired, right? because the vision happens when you get the napkin conversations, like the restaurant napkin conversations, when you start getting a pen out and writing stuff down on that little square, like beer mug napkin, that's when stuff happens. That's when the, the the real vision starts to get laid out and you have to be able to have the conversations with that person to truly develop the vision further. You might have the parameters of what you want the vision to be, but until the person's in the seat, that's when you can start going through the details. I thought that conversation uh, with Burke and that comment where Burke was interesting. And you saw Ramon Foster's head. When Ramon Foster heard Burt Nihill say, how many exceptions can you have on a team? And Ramon goes, ah. Because doesn't it feel like the Tennessee Titans have had way too many exceptions? Way too many exceptions to the rule, like NWI, undrafted free agent, wide receiver, being forced in a number two or three spot on this roster, or the exception of uh, uh Jack Gibbons, an undrafted guy, trying to play inside linebacker, or not you know keeping somebody because uh they they stick too hard to what they want to do. Like, there's they don't have the athletic profile of explosive teams. They kept saying they want to be faster, but did they really get faster? They had too many guys that were good blockers that were exceptions rather than what the receiver needs to look like. I thought that was really interesting.
3: I do too, and it's what Titans fans should be excited to hear because you want to you, you want to modernize this offense, you want to make it start to look like some of the better offenses around the league. Some of these, you know, these last 4 teams playing in the NFL right now, they've got great receivers, they've got great quarterbacks, they've got great running games. So Brian Callahan, I think that that's cool because you know, going into that interview, I'm sure that you know, you know, the Titans brass had a general idea of what they wanted this new road you know roadmap to look like but it sounds like brian callahan might have piqued their interest to some new ideas or some new tendencies or some new ways of looking at things or, or players um it, as well it's it's cool to hear that burke and i'll say that they were on the edge of their seats they were sitting up there like oh yeah yeah now we're talking like this guy knows what he's doing and, and you know a lot of people are knocking him for not calling plays well it seems like he had a you know, at least somewhat of a say in personnel up in Cincinnati. I know it Zach Taylor's call being the head coach, but it's Callahan that put the offense together. So um, he had to have had some type of impact up there. And he knows the type of guys he's looking for when they're already talking about, you know, the length of their arms and how fast they are. It just feels like Callahan's the guy who comes in and, you know, you don't really have to tear everything down, but it feels like he's hitting the ground running and the Titans are ahead of the eight ball by hiring Callahan.
1: All right, so let's get to this conversation here. I want to ask you guys a question, and get you more involved. Uh, we'll play again some Burke video, Burke Nihill videos um, about his conversation about Rank uh, Carthon and Brian Callahan from yesterday. But here's the question: What's your confidence level in Rank Carthon and Brian Callahan to build the Titans into a true contender? On a one through ten, we like doing the one through ten confidence levels questions. What is your confidence level in Rand and Brian Callahan? To build the Titans into a true contender, because that's what Burke said yesterday. So we'll get to your confidence levels here in a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our great friends at Krebs Kubota. Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the midstate—Columbia, Franklin, and in Murfreesboro. Being an elite Kubota dealer means you have the best equipment and the best warranties in the industry because you've got the the line, the direct line access to. Kubota, who that is the best brand nationally, and then you get the best local coverage for your equipment in the Krebs family name because Krebs Kubota has been serving Middle Tennessee for over 18 years, family owned and operated, growing and doing a great job with customer service that allows them to grow from just Columbia to adding Murfreesboro and Franklin stores uh, to their reputation. krebskibota.com is their website. They can help you out with whatever that equipment need is, big or small. If you've got farm stuff to do, like I said the other day, then you can go do farm stuff out there with KrebsKobota online at krebskibota.com
3: Whether you're a big better or a small better, BetMGM is going to be the perfect place for you to get started and get some skin in the game. New users, download the BetMGM app use our bonus code A to Z sports and you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet misses, if you want to bet $2 on a parlay, if you want to bet hundred dollars on a game, bet MGM is the perfect place for you to do that. They've got parlay boosts. They've got great selection. It's easy to navigate for new users. So if you're ready to get some skin in the game, and I know all of y'all are going to want to bet on the super bowl, download bet now and take advantage of this first bet offer and get up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first misses if your first bet misses only with our bonus code ATOZsports. Sports.
1: Visit BenMG.com for terms and conditions, 21 or older. Tennessee, only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligible requirements, first online room wager, only rewards issues, audible bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem and game sport, call Tennessee Redline at 800 889 9789 So Jack uh, I'll send you to the chat. We're asking the question. What's your confidence level in Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan to build the Titans into a true contender? We always love doing the confidence level questions on a one through ten scale. I, you know, I don't know what people are going to say. I'm very curious to see what the chat's confidence is in in a in a, in a group, a duo, Rand and Callie that's just getting started. Day one was Monday, so what is your confidence level in the Titans being built into a true contender here?
3: Darren Lee on YouTube's going to start us off today with an eight. Ashley chimes in with a nine. Chris Frazier agrees on Facebook. I.R. Hochi's at an eight and a half. Jay says it's too soon to answer. Too early to know. Guy Man says seven. Shane's at a full ten. Stephen King with the pro score always at 7.85. Jacqueline says ten. Eight and a half from Josh. Eight and a half from Pistol Ramsey. Rashid agrees at that number. John on YouTube's at an eight. Brett Bowen is at a 12. I love that, Brett Bowen. Uh, Dylan Cole, 8.6. Stanley's at a 6. Ramone's at a 7. Ace Silly's at a a 9. Curtis is also at a 9. Titans Kyle's at an 8.25 pro score. Dion says 10. Dustin says 7. Yuri on Facebook says 8. Johnny splits the difference at a a 7.5. Paul says 9. So does Corey. Albert's at an 8. Um, we've got Imad at a nine. Also a silly chiming in at a nine. Um, Manny says, feeling pretty good about it. He's at an eight Deborah and Caleb both at seven, uh, eight and a half from Daquan Dylan's at a seven tighten up says nine Hassani's at a 10 Caesar seven. Uh, Derek says 10, let him cook. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, this is the lowest score right here that I've seen is a five and a half needs to see the off season moves first. That's where I want to stop. Okay. Because it's hard to really put a number on this thing. I know we're I'm going to play the game, but it's hard to put a number on it because, yeah. look, Rand Carthon didn't have a whole lot to work with when it came to the salary cap last offseason. This, I said this on the Titan Up podcast, this is a legacy offseason for Rand Carthon. He's going to be judged on what free on which free agents he brings in this offseason because the Titans have plenty of holes. There's going to be a great crop of free agents at certain positions of need. Rand Carthon's going to have to plug the right guys into those holes. We can't have another Andre Dillard situation. You got to do a little bit better than Sean Murphy bunting on the outside. You, you got to bring in guys who are game changers that can help build this core and help set you up to contend down the road. We've only seen one year at Ran Carthon, and we haven't seen Brian Callahan as a head coach in this league, so it's hard to be confident without much of a track record between those two, you know, in the jobs that they currently have. So for me, I'm going to go six and a half. Okay. I, I think the chat may might have expected me to go a little bit higher, but I think I'm going to go six and a half. Look, at the end of the day, the blueprint is there. Like the the Titans were in the AFC Championship game just four years ago, so it's not they're not long removed from being a contender, a perennial contender who won back to back division titles. So they know how to get there, and they and they really did it in the most unconventional way that we've seen lately in the NFL by you know winning through the run game winning with tough tough defense. That's that's kind of the old school way to win in the league. Well, the Titans built a championship contender with that style. So they've already seen, you know, what what they can take from that from from those runs. Well, now yeah. here comes Brian Callahan. Here comes ingenuity on offense. Here comes a new way of looking at the passing game. Here comes developing Will Levis into a quarterback that Ryan Tannehill wasn't. And, and you know, using his strengths. Some things that Ryan Tannehill didn't have in his bag, Will Levis does. Brian Callahan, I expect, you know, him to to bring the most out of Will Levis, to, to, to elevate Will Levis's game, to bring in receivers who can help do that for Will Levis. So you've you've got this baseline of knowledge from your past runs, which were recent, and now you bring in a new age of thinking. I think it's a perfect match if Carthon can bring in the right players in free agency and continue to hit in the drafts. Carthon's yeah. first draft was a massive success. Can he repeat it? And you know, sustaining success in the NFL. We saw John Robinson crush a couple drafts early on, and then it all go to it all go to poop because he couldn't sustain that and he kept missing in the first round. And uh you know, some of the guys in the third and fourth round that panned out weren't exactly at the positions we need the Titans to succeed in, like Roger McCreary, great pick, but he's a he's a nickel guy. Like, you know, how much impact is a nickel guy gonna have on the defense? So if Carthon can continue to draft well. And bringing these free agents, I trust Brian Callahan's plan on offense for this team to contend at the top of the AFC. So that's why I'm at a six and a half.
1: Six and a half. Which I think is a pretty solid number for Jack. That is an optimistic number for you. You know, a lot of people were way above that six and a half number when you read through the comments uh, in the chat. By the way, like the show. We need way more likes. We got 54 likes on Facebook. YouTube, I believe, is a, is ahead of that. Uh, right now, I gotta refresh the YouTube, uh, to, to where I can see the likes of that. But so you said uh, we truly don't know what Rand Carthon's track record is, right? 72 likes on on YouTube, we need more than that. So I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate on the Rand Carthon. You know, the jury is out, right? And, and I believe the jury is obviously still out on Rand because Vrabel was trying to power play his way through some things. Andre Dillard is very clearly, I had somebody DM me yesterday, a Titans fan say, you know, why is Rand not being held accountable for Andre Dillard? Well, because it's been widely reported that Mike Vrabel was the one who thought Andre Dillard could work for the Tennessee Titans. And you also mentioned that Rand didn't have a bunch to work with when it comes to cap space last season. He had to make cuts that were not difficult cuts to make. I was adamant that Cutting Bud Dupree, Taylor LeJuan, Ben Jones, and uh, Robert Woods, and somebody, whoever else, veteran contracts. That was easy decisions. John Robinson would have made those same decisions, or any other GM would have done that. But it was what do you have to work with to get quality players to bridge the gap. Andre Dillard was a Mike Rabel guy. That has been reported. I just mentioned mm-hmm. that. Then you look at Arden Key, uh, Aziz Alshire, Daniel Brunskill, those are guys with rank Carthon connections. I think those three players did their jobs based on their pay, their contract situation, and Aziz was a good leader here. Brunskill was basically a player's coach. Got banged up a lot late, but I, I truly believe Brunskill was a good, smart signing. And Arden Key had a lot of really good moments, but obviously wasn't as good as the other two. Sean Murphy Bunting's kind of the I'm not sure exactly who to give credit for. Um, or two on, on that hiring. But then you look at the draft and Peter Skaronsky, Will Levis, Tajay Spears, your first three picks. hit. That's your core. Hit, hit right? Big hits across the board. And then you get in the, the, you know, Josh Wiley showed some good promise. I feel like Josh Wiley was a Mike Vrabel uh, draft pick because of Luke Fickle. Mike Vrabel's best friend was the head coach at Cincinnati and Josh Wiley knew Vrabes from those days. And then you had uh, Jalen Duncan and Colton Val. So we don't truly know exactly how much of the draft picks were Rand's. But from what I've heard, obviously the PR spin that's been working is that Rand was a Levis guy, that they all were Levis people. Like, you know, Rand, Vrabel, and Amy were all pro-Levis. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel about that. I want to play the Burke Nihill clip again uh, about the the meeting, the interview that turned workshop, because I, th- that's where I'm going to give my answer from. Um,
2: Brian was the last in-person interview. Uh, it, it started off as a, as an interview, right? People asking Brian questions, Brian answering the questions. Uh, at some point, Amy Adams Strunk, Kenneth mm-hmm. Adams, uh, myself, Ran, Chad Brinker, Anthony Robinson are, are in the room. And uh, at some point, that interview changed from an interview to a workshop on how they were going to build this thing. It just naturally evolved into it ran and, and Brian uh, Went from ran asking questions Brian answering questions to them just riffing and getting excited and everyone was sitting up in their chair uh, Listening to them talk about for example, you know, we're not looking for guys that are going to fall into a one two three receiver uh, bucket we're looking for what defines our perfect X receiver in this system? What defines our perfect Z receiver in this system? To the inch, to the to the weight, to the uh, to the athleticism score. Uh, when do you when do you take an exception? And and how how does a coach need to buy into an exception? And how many exceptions can you have on a team? And these guys were just building a program. To to end an interview, uh, we hadn't extended an offer yet. Brandon uh, knows his job, but it was it was the beginning of the next generation of Titans football. That's vision, right? Mm -hmm. Is them talking together about how we're going to get where we need to go, which is delivering to Nashville, a a championship caliber team consistently.
1: So there's Burke Nihil again, talking about the interview turn workshop between Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan. And I'll, I'll say this, the Tennessee Titans are doing a much better job this year than they did a year ago. When it comes to the PR responsibilities following the the hire, look there. I do not remember Jack in chat. Jack, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we hear anything like that about the the interview between Ran, Amy, and Vrabel? Like there, yeah. and that's what the title of the show is. Burke Nijho gives us an inside look at a perfect marriage of Brian Callahan and Ran Carthon. Because the the term that was used for Ran and Vrabel a lot last fall and when it got bad in the winter was arranged marriage, right? The arranged marriage between Ran and Vrabel didn't work out. But this feels like a better, true, organic, natural relationship where both sides are clearly invested in the same vision. And, you know... Again, this is way better PR and way more PR than what the Titans did a year ago, but it does feel genuine coming from Burt Nihil, who is doing a good job with the pitch.
3: 100%, but when it, when it comes to PR, there's one person in the Titans brass that really needs to step up soon, and that's Rand Carthon. You can make all the right moves behind you know behind closed doors, and as long as they're winning, it's fine, but when he sat up there and really kind of just gave nothing um, and I understand why he did it you know there's a lot of questions still out there he didn't want to say anything and then have to backtrack it later when they found a new head coach who maybe had a different vision than the the, the idea that they had at that time but I think that Rand Carthon needs to step up today I think that uh, the media and Titans fans would um, really appreciate it if he kind of got more in depth and you know, dove a little bit deeper into what his vision is this offseason and what his vision is with Brian Callahan as head coach and kind of the marriage that that we're talking about today, Uh, you know, this perfect marriage that that we all hope will work out that way. Um, So I I need Rand Carthon to have a big day behind the mic today.
1: Yeah, and we'll find out what happens. So one o'clock is when uh, Brian Callahan will have that press conference. Will Amy Adams Strunk, I'm, I'm guessing she'll be there. Will she, after introducing Brian Callahan, will she take questions for the first time Since the AFC Championship game. So, Jack, I'm going to answer the question. The question that we asked is what's your confidence level in Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan to build the Titans into a true contender on a one through 10? You gave a six and a half. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in how I answer the question here. But first, I want to tell you, everybody, about Farm Bureau Health Plans, FBHP.com slash ATOZ. FBHP.com slash ATOZ is the website to get started with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you out. In a lot of different ways with your health coverage, because maybe uh, you could get more out of your health coverage. You might be whatever you're paying in your coverage, it can be better. And that's exactly what Zach Bingham did uh, over two years ago with spending 20% less each month on his coverage and getting better coverage for it, not having to pay out of pocket to go to the dentist not having to pay out of pocket for contacts like Zach used to do. Now he does not And Farm Bureau Health Plans invests in the in their community, which is the entire state of Tennessee uh, with over 200-plus locations. And Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving you, the Tennessean, for 76 years. That is incredible right there for Farm Bureau Health Plans. They get the longevity to, to back it up and the customer service and the people behind it to invest in you and your family, regardless of what your situation is. So get started at FBHP.com slash ATOZ.
3: If you're looking to get some skin in the game, get started with BetMGM and use our bonus code that you see on the screen right now, A to Z Sports. You'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses over there. Bet small, bet big, bet on football, bet on basketball, bet on hockey, whatever it is that you want to bet on. BetMGM has it available at all times. You can bet on tennis. Um, Download BetMGM and new users. Make sure to plug in our bonus code that you see, A to Z Sports, so you can cash in on this great opportunity and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Do it now. Start this weekend. Get in the green. Set yourself up for some success and win some more money on on the Super Bowl. There's tons of props. BetMGM is going to have it all. So download BetMGM and use our bonus code A to Z Sports.
1: All right. Jack, you are a six and a half out of Correct. ten. Confidence level of Ran and Cali building the Titans into a true contender. I'm at a seven and a half. Mm, okay. Like I'm it. usually not the one that's more optimistic in the Tennessee Titans than Jack Gentry of the Tight Up podcast. But I am here. And it's not just because of what I think about Brian Callahan and Ran Carthon. It's what the Tennessee Titans are clearly doing to invest in winning in a different way, winning at a higher level today is in yesterday's press release from the Titans was more about the hiring of a new head coach, but it was about the commitment to being a modernized business, a modernized operation of football. It's an offensive minded guy who has the track record that we've talked about for days that has worked with all of these quarterbacks and 4,000 passing yard seasons, which has never been done by a Tennessee Titans quarterback. And I think Brian Callahan has four 4,000 yard passing quarterbacks under his belt, different quarterbacks, not even seasons that he's worked with. And then you have the ability to truly set people up to succeed. And that is with what Rand Carthon's new job is. And we'll talk more about this moving forward, but as the vice president and uh, of football, and general manager and Chad Brinker's promotion of president of football operations. And so it's about having a young coach, a newly thinking coach that has a football lineage working with more resources than the Titans have ever had before. It truly does feel like the Titans are coming from the Stone Age to 2024 all in like one year. Because you remember, the analytics department didn't exist like two week two years ago with the Tennessee Titans. It did not. Like Vrabel joked, "Oh yeah, it's Stretch John Stryker is assistant. Oh, Stretch is the analytics department, right?" That was a joke because there was no analytics department. Rand comes in, brings in Chad Brinker. We'll talk more about Brinker at a different show because I think he's a big role in this. And Very now you exciting. get a guy. Yes, and now you get a guy that knows offensive football and knows the modern age of football and Brian Callahan and how you can put it all together to build a championship contender. Now you got to execute and you're only as good as the players you have on the field, but man, we've been talking about why are the Titans so hurt all the time? Well, I truly feel like we're about to have an answer other than, well, you know, football's football injuries happen because anytime somebody would ask Mike What's going on with all those injuries? Well, I believe in our training staff. I believe in what we're doing. Uh, blister to callus, all that stuff. But, but, you know, football injuries happen. That was the only answer. That was the best answer that could have been given. Now we're probably going to have an answer because why did this football injury happen? Oh, well, probably because we overextended this player or uh, they didn't use the right acceleration of their uh, their speeds and build up and ramp up towards practice, and they have to get to full all this stuff, right? And so I think this is a big time move for the Titans to invest more in a championship than they ever have before.
3: I'm so glad you brought up that injury point, and the chat is absolutely on it today. Jason Martinez says, style of football's why there's been so many injuries and tight up Tony says Vrabel emphasizes physicality. Terry McCormick had a great point on X. I believe it was yesterday. Because, you know, Rabel wanted to wanted his football team to be physical and hard-nosed and win in the trenches. And, you know, to do that, you need two-a-days and you need the pads on in practice a whole lot more. Well, the NFL's moved in a direction where you put the pads on late and you don't really run two-a-days. So we're, we're in this period where Rabel wanted his team to be this way when the players weren't really geared to do that with what the NFL allows you to do in practice. So because of that, these players... You know, got banged up in practice and started the season behind the eight ball health-wise, and that led to injuries and that led to key players missing games. Well, with Brian Callahan, they're not gonna beat each other up in training camp like the like Rabel's teams did. And they're they're not gonna beat each other up during the week like Rabel's teams did. So I do expect the injuries to lessen. And I think it's all credit to the style of football that Brian Callahan wants to bring to Tennessee. Sure, you you keep the you keep the great ferocious defense that you've had for these last few years. But on offense, let's 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 be let's be more stylistic. let's let, let, let's be high flying. Let's be elite. Let's be precise. Let's not muck it up and beat the hell out of the other teams. you know, and just kind of like chopping down a tree, just sledgehammer by sledgehammer, axe by axe. let's 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 do it the new way. Let's be creative. Let's out scheme teams. Let's hit them deep. let's let, let's do things they haven't seen before. Let's not just run Derrick Henry twenty five times you know, and make this offensive line churn up front the entire game. So I do think that Brian Callahan's new style on offense will help with the Titans' big injury issues.
1: Yeah, so Joey says, uh, this is a good comment, he says, the Patriots' way was the biggest BS saying. The Patriots' way was Tom Brady. That's why it worked. And Joey, beautifully put, concise, simple, incorrect. Yeah, the Patriots' way was Tom Brady was the best quarterback to ever do it. He also had an insanely wealthy wife to where, go look at the Tom Brady contracts in New England. They were not, they were not what Burrow, uh, they were not the percentage of quarterback contracts that we see elsewhere of the cap. They were way different because Tom Brady had the ability to earn way crazy money off the field and also was uh, the second in line of top earners of his marriage there. And so he had the ability to do what was best for the team. They could pay him enough to not screw up the market completely and go up there and build around Tom Brady and ride that. That was the Patriot way. Bill Belichick in the Patriot way hadn't worked ever since Tom Brady went to Tampa. You know what did work? Tom Brady in Tampa. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, uh, they wins another Super Bowl. I think that's a great way to put it. So, you know, the Patriot way overrated. We are beyond that as a, a league, I believe. And it is time for the Shanahan style to continue to grow branches off of its tree. And Jack, I don't know if you watched yesterday's show or not, but we talked a lot about trees and coaching trees mm-hmm. and uh, growth. So uh, we don't have to revisit that, but I, I do think this is a, a new way to win and a new way to invest in a football business. And that's what gives me the seven, out of, seven and a half out of 10 confidence level and these two guys ran Carthon, Brian Callahan to do this.
3: So scratch everything. We just said, we need Will Levis to marry rich people. We need him to marry a Giselle. Where is his Giselle? Well, Giselle's uh, available. <laughs> Giselle is available. You're right. Um, Lou Man says back to my point about the injuries and how Rabel liked to win versus, you know, what Callahan wants to bring to Tennessee. He says we did win Jack and sure they did win, but Rabel's most successful regular season came at a huge cost. Like they were missing key playmakers that entire season. Tannehill had to drag a group of misfit wide receivers to the one seed in the AFC. And it was remarkable, it was a remarkable coaching job. The defense stood on its head all season long. Tannehill made big plays when he needed to. But those guys, you know, the, the guys the Titans needed, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, they weren't healthy for a big part of that season. Derrick Henry as well. None of those guys were healthy. So there was no, you know, they were, they weren't on the same page when they came back and that hurt the Titans in the playoffs. So sure. They did win Lou man, but it came at a massive cost.
1: They won and then they stopped winning and it fell off a cliff. You know, like you're right. They won in 2021 the last time. And it's been a struggle uh, in the last two seasons, really the last season and a half. For Mike Vrabel and his his organization. And sure, plenty of that was on the John Robinson failures, but plenty of that overall was the uh, issues that uh, were growing and festering inside with the head coach. Which brings us to this conversation about what Wesley Woodyard said about Titans head coach Mike Vrabel yesterday. So we're going to play this video and ask you if you buy or sell what Wesley Woodyard said. But we're going to have to play it first because it is a lengthy one. Uh, but first, want to tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute. We just talked about football injuries. Well, stuff happens, right? Well, in life, yes, stuff happens. We don't have the analytics on how to not get hurt just going around being a, a middle-aged you know, guy or gal out there and having your bones fall apart. But uh, the Bone and Joint Institute will help you out whenever those injuries occur in life. They've helped me out as well. I've had foot injuries with plantar fasciitis, shoulder pain, knee pain. My knee surgeon, Dr. Scott Arthur, is at the Bone and Joint Institute. Great guy. He's a vol. He's a great surgeon on top of it, too. It's been 15 years since he fixed my ACL. and I'm going good now. And The Bone and Joint Institute can help you out whenever whenever an injury uh, pops up, whether it's you, maybe a son or daughter that has a youth sports injury as well. They've got all the resources and the experts under one roof in Franklin, right off of I-65, so it's so easy to get to, boneandjointtn.org.
3: BetMGM.com is your perfect place for all things sports betting. Download the app for new users. You can plug in our bonus code, A to Z sports, and you'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Go ahead, beat the numbers, beat the closing lines this week, and get, get in today. The best betters get in early and beat those lines. So don't wait. Download BetMGM, use our bonus code A to Z Sports, and you'll receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet misses.
1: All right, Jack, are you ready? I've got three minutes of Wesley Woodyard talking about Mike Vrabel. And we'll talk buy or sell what Wood's saying here uh yesterday morning.
0: Somehow, man, we used to walk around that building and be like, dude, we got we gotta be careful. We win this Super Bowl. This could make this could make a certain individual really peak. And 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 we might not like that. So it was a, it was kind of conflicting views and feelings of do we want to win a championship with this man and and he turns worse than what he is. So you 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 guys asked what can Brian learn from Braves, and I think uh, just be yourself. There's there know that there's a series of events that can make a coach lose a team. It's not just one instance. Uh, there's several different things, and and, and I think you look at guys like a coach Tomlin who remains steady, remains the same in the good times, the bad times, he's still the same guy. And I think that's what's going to pull, you know, Brian up to the ranks of being like, Hey, this is my team. I want my players to, to go out there and tail, but I can't win no games if my players are not winning the games for me. And the only way a head coach can do that is if their players know, like, listen, we win the games. No coaches out there on the field playing the game. And I think, that was kind of one of the disconnects with raves It almost felt like to the players in the locker room. And again, this is me doing research, me being, me being around, me talking to the guys. It often felt like times like Vrabel was the one that was winning the games, and it, it should never be that way.
2: Les, well, I can't let you off the hook with that comment right there, man, because you're talking about the pinnacle of all sports, to me, the Super Bowl, and you guys having a player's conversation, text thread, break room, yeah. Conversations about the how and what will happen if you do win it. So I gotta ask you this. Was it more about the identity of the coach, is what you're saying? So the the, the tone has changed here in Nashville. We're speaking about collaborations, teamwork, them mm-hmm. building out mm-hmm. forward thinking. What you're what you essentially said is it wasn't essentially that. It was about me. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That that's exactly what the vibe
0: was. I'll give you an example of, of what was going on. Uh that week leading up to that game, Coach Pease comes in the room and uh him and Vrabel had kind of the, a a little a little back and forth. I want not say heated, but they, they had a little back and forth, whatever. And Pease walks in, sits down on the desk like all the coordinators started meeting off, but before it was it was a different vibe. It was almost like Ah right, fellas, I'm I am a and Coach Pease is a Christian man, God fearing man and he was like, fellas, I just want to apologize that, you know, I showed some characteristics of me being unprofessional. And we was like, no, Coach, like, you are the coordinator. Like, we rock with you. Like, we love you. We know what kind of man you are. And then, boom, right in the middle of an apology, Braves walk in. Give me the clip. Let me talk. Let me, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And so now you go from you just interrupted a pure bonding moment with one of the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of the game And you want to do this.
1: So there's Wesley Woodyard. There's a lot more you can hear uh, on the uh, 104.5 The Zone YouTube channel there. But that's really what began uh, Wesley Woodyard's going in on Mike Vrabel. And so we asked the question, you buy or sell what Wesley Woodyard said about Mike Vrabel? I do want to clear this up because a lot of comments in uh, on our Facebook and YouTube chats, talking about, you know, unfortunate to hear about the Wesley Woodyard said he didn't want to win to get a Super Bowl, but Wesley Woodyard did tell this to Ramon, Kalen, Will last night. "Quote: I felt bad about the comment about not wanting to win a Super Bowl, but fans don't understand the conversations that go into the locker room. Of course, we wanted to win. So I'll play that because that was at the beginning of this. So I'll play that one more time. But Wesley Woodyard did clarify last night." To Ramon, Kayla, and Will, that of course we wanted to win, but there were about other conversations going on in the locker room about what winning a Super Bowl could have done to the head of their head coach, Mike Vrabel. This was in the 2019 playoffs into 2020 uh, uh, playoffs. Somehow,
0: man, we used to walk around that building and be like, "Dude, we got to we got to be careful. We win this Super Bowl. This could make this could make a certain individual really peak." and 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 we might not like that, so it was a it was kind of conflicting views and feelings of do we want to win a championship with this man and and he turns worse than what he is so you, you you
1: so it conflicting views conversations do we wanna win a championship for this man and have him turn into worse right so like that is it's not that they didn't want to win, of course they wanted to win a Super Bowl. Uh, but Jack, uh, he also—I was just going to give some cliff notes of other things that Wesley Woodyard talked about uh, that burned bridges or made players not feel uh, about Mike Vrabel. One of them was uh, the fact of changing up coverages and changing up the defense in that defensive uh, in in the uh, AFC Championship game versus the Chiefs uh, that changed the way they were doing things the whole season. Another example of. Uh, Mike Vrabel taking or not allowing players to have their kids in the locker room post game like they had before, but Mike Vrabel was allowed to have his kids just about anywhere at all times. And that didn't sit well with a lot of players who, you know, dreamed of having their kids in the locker room around, and they had had that opportunity previously under malarkey. Uh, So there were some other things there too, uh, and you can go check that out. Uh, on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube channel for its entirety. But, Jack, I'll ask you, buy or sell uh, what uh, Wesley Woodyard said about taking shots on Mike Vrabel.
3: Wesley Woodyard needs to move to Florida and start selling sandals the way he flip-flopped there. You you can't go out and make a statement like that that says, hey – uh, we didn't really know if we wanted to win a Super Bowl because that would make Vrabel look good. That's just such a weak-minded and toxic comment. I understand he walked it back, but you said what you said. You know, Wesley Woodyard's been really outspoken at, you know, some of the things that Vrabel didn't do well. And look, I, I'm not totally siding with Vrabel here either because Vrabel is hard-nosed. He's stubborn. He gets in his own way. He micromanages. He He likes full control. He's a control freak. Um, so his former players are either pro Vrabel or anti Vrabel. There's really no middle ground. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to say that Wesley Woodyard comes off really poorly in that interview. I, I think that Wesley Woodyard hurt his credibility with some of the things he said in that interview. Now the Dean Pease conversation, I buy, I I totally buy that. I, I think that Vrabel and, you know, wanted to take control. It was a huge game in Kansas City. You know, the Titans hadn't been in that big of a game in uh, almost two decades. I, I I do I do buy the fact that he took over for Dean Pease because you look at what Dean Pease did after. You know, he retired. And then Arthur Smith got a job in Atlanta. And, oh, all of a sudden, Dean Pease is unretired immediately. You know, you know, he just wanted to get away from Vrabel. Like, Vrabel taking away his defense after a fantastic season in the biggest game the franchise in, in about fifteen years—that's that's disrespectful, and and that's not what you brought Dean Pees in for. You brought Dean Pees in to run your defense, and, and you take that away on the biggest stage. It, it's it, it, that part of Wesley Woodyard's comments I buy. All right, the part so, before about about mm-hmm. who gets the credit is weak. And all
1: I'll right, so there. Nick Nick said Vrabel dismissing peas and taking over his DC the next season was the first sign of Vrabel's micromanaging. And I totally agree with Nick there because you remember in the 2020 season, Shane Bowen wasn't the defensive coordinator, but nobody really knew who it was and all this kind of stuff. And Shane Bowen kind of got hung out the dry as the play caller, he was calling the plays on game day, but he wasn't able to do his job as a coordinator because he was an outside linebackers coach uh, during the week. So that's kind of goes along with that, with that Andre has a super chat from earlier. Wesley said uh, what a lot of us thought about Vrabel, but is anybody going to pressure him on his comment of them questioning if they wanted to win a Super Bowl? So, you know, to Andre's credit, he was questioned about that and, Ramon Kalen will reach back out to to talk about that. And so I Jack, I buy what Wesley Woodyard is saying completely. Like I buy the kids in the locker room thing and then having his son Carter around all the time not taking a shot at Carter or anything, but that's just the reality, right? If you can't have your kids there, but Carter gets to go do everything and walk through the tunnel and do all this stuff on the field pregame, but but the limitations are that of the players, that feels uh, disingenuous. Then you have the Dean P stuff I absolutely buy, but I totally get what Wesley Woodyard's saying about the Super Bowl stuff. Like it, it, Like, of course the players want to win the Super Bowl, but I think people can look in their lives and go to a point to where you have, people have had people around them in life where you say, yeah, if this particular person has too much success, you know they wouldn't handle it well. Like you you have people in your life that say, yeah, that'll go to their head and they would be even more unbearable. And if they're already somebody who's teetering on the unbearable line and then they get something that is the, precipice of their industry that's going to really inflate that ego even further. And it's like, it's not a, we don't want to win a super bowl. Let's sabotage the AFC title game. So Vrabel doesn't get a super bowl. It's not that it's the man, if we win this thing, y'all know what's going to happen to Vrabel, right? It's, it's that type of conversation that I truly buy of what could have been happening in that Titans locker. How, me, how do you feel about he, my? How do you feel about my explanation of the, of that process? No, I, not, I get it. You see I what get I'm it. I,
3: I just, I just think that Wesley Woodyard came out really strong, and when you do that and then walk it back, it hurts your credibility. And so that's why I think that Titans fans should consider the source here.
1: I, I, don't I don't had think a whole he's. Lot of the, I don't think he's walking it back because he's saying. Uh, he said, "I feel bad about the comment about us not wanting to win a Super Bowl." He's saying the conversations about Vrabel are, he's not walking that back. He's just saying it came out of my mouth wrong about the players not wanting to win it. More of a conversation of, hey, if we win this Super Bowl, y'all know what's going to happen to Vrabel, right? Y'all know how he's going to grow and how his ego is going to get even more out of control, right? That's the conversation. It's a clarification, not a walk back.
3: I I just wouldn't I, I would, you know
1: what because also Wesley, I would buy this if it,
3: anyone else said it. If anyone well, else Wesley, comes out we, and confirms that this is a true here's, thing. like here's I, why Wesley I Woodyard loves to bash Vrabel, like he's never uh, taken the other side, it's not he's yeah. not really and
1: and, and what you, you said earlier, Jack, is so true about you're either a pro-Vrabel guy or an anti vrabel guy, there's really not many people in the mm-hmm. middle of it, and he's polarizing. And look, you know, successful people can be polarizing all the time, and that's what Vrabel can be, and so. I think why Wesley Woodyard needed to come out and clarify that about the Super Bowl is because of all the names he listed on that defense before he said that comment. I didn't include that in the clip that we played because I didn't want the comment to be four minutes long. It was three minutes instead. But he's, he named names. Bayard, Daquan Jones, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Dory Jackson, Brian Arakpo. He named names. And so if Wesley Woodyard is going to name his teammates and then say that, and then it didn't come out how he wanted to, I think it's fair for Wes to come back and say, look, that didn't, we wanted to win, but we were trying to understand what would happen to Rabel if we did win and know that we're
3: probably, Uh, I, I, again, I understand where he's coming from. Like we've all played for a coach that we don't like and Wesley Woodyard just happened to do so on the biggest level. And, it was early on in Vrabel's tenure and he was about to get a lot of credit. Like I, Taylor Lewan has come out on the bus and said that Vrabel, he did not like Vrabel in Vrabel's first year but because Vrabel was probably trying to instill a culture and that's going to come with some players disliking you. And I totally believe that there was a group of players in the locker room at all times that probably didn't like Vrabel a whole lot. So I get what Wesley Woodyard's saying and Jacob's comment says that I'll ask for specific examples when you give them to me, I'll just say, he doesn't believe you, Jacob, you're an idiot continuing to move on. Um, I, I just think that that's, you know, what happens when you have a hard nosed coach in the locker room, a stubborn guy like Vrabel. like none of these surprised me because Vrabel, you know, he really was his own worst enemy at times. So sure. He probably pissed a lot of players off in the locker room along the way, but when they were winning, Vrabel probably felt validation. He's probably felt that his way was the right way because the Titans were seeing success on the field. Um, I get why veterans were rubbed the wrong way. But, you know, it, again, with considering the source, Wesley Woodyard, they only Wesley Woodyard is only asked for his opinions when people are looking for lightning rods about Mike Vrabel. Like, Wesley Woodyard doesn't come on the zone. He doesn't come on the zone to talk about the Titans' win over the Dolphins. He, he, he comes on radio and he does interviews when people are looking to get clicks out of Mike Vrabel conversations. It's just the facts, and they know that Wesley Woodyard's going to come out and be full-on anti-Vrabel. Because he's not—he's not
1: scared of it either. Like, and that, but Wes has been around. Like, Wes talked about meeting Ran, and he's been around the facility the last year, and so it's not like Wes is disconnected like other former players might might be after they retire. And I, but I just think Wes is not scared to say stuff. A lot of people, and this has been talked about that uh, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was Wes that said this previously that. A lot of people are not, don't have the balls to say the things to Vrabel that he does. So, you know, I get what you're saying. You take it with a grain of salt. I buy it in the fact that I think Wesley Woodyard has a lot of truth to it. Is it, and Wes did say that he thought Vrabel, he would give him an A for how he coached the Titans. But he also had some very important advice for new Titans head coach Brian Callahan. Who Wes played with the Broncos while Callahan was there, and so there was some good advice in here for Ryan, uh, Brian Callahan.
0: Somehow, man, we used to walk around that building and be like, "Dude, we got we got to be careful. We win this Super Bowl. This could make this could make a certain individual really peak, and 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 we might not like that. So it was a it was kind of conflicting views and feelings of." Do we wanna win a championship with this man and, and he turns worse than what he is? So you, you you guys ask what can Brian learn from Braves. And I think uh just be yourself. There's there know that there's a series of events that can make a coach lose a team. It's not just one instance. Uh there's several different things and, and, and I think you look at guys like a coach Tumlin who remains steady, remains the same in the good times, the bad times He's still the same guy, and I think that's what's going to pull, you know, Brian up to the ranks of being like, hey, this is my team. I want my players to to go out there and tail, but I can't win no games if my players are not winning the games for me, and the only way a head coach can do that is if their players know, like, listen, we win the games. No coaches out there on the field playing the game, and I think that was kind of one of the disconnects with Raves. It almost felt like to the players in the locker room, and again, this is me doing research. Me being, me being around, me talking to the guys, it often felt like times like Vrabel was the one that was
1: winning the games and
0: it, it should never be that way.
1: So, I, you know, I think that's the national narrative.
0: I
3: agree. About Vrabel,
1: right? Right? Because
3: the Titans didn't have star players. Like, they, there weren't mm-hmm. any star players. So, of course, the coach is going to get the credit for making an underwhelming roster from a national perspective you know, win games at a high level, make a run to the AFC championship game. Of course, on the outside, looking in, he said, wow, Mike Vrabel, what a job he's done with that roster, right? But in reality, it was a lot of the right pieces in the right place at the right time that helped the Titans make that run. And I understand why Wesley Woodyard doesn't feel like the players got enough credit because it, it did feel like Vrabel, uh, you, you know, took the brunt of that. And we still see... Some of those runoff effects. Now that Vrabel's been fired, everybody's saying, "Wow, like Vrabel's a really good coach." And, and Titans fans are sitting here like, "Really? Is that is that completely true, though?" Because the last season and a half, when not a lot of people have been watching the Titans because they haven't been on national TV a lot and they haven't been in the playoffs on the big stage under the bright lights, Titans fans see that this team, coached by Mike Vrabel, failed to make adjustments. They blew five halftime leads in the second half. He lost. Uh, You know, he blew a seven and three record two seasons ago and and blew the division. Like he's done a lot of bad things lately that the national media has really refused to acknowledge because they still believe the Titans don't have enough on the roster to make it work, which, you know, partially is true. But for those teams that were really successful under Rabel, he took more of the credit because there weren't, you know, Derek Henry was the only star like Kevin Byard. Remember when Kevin Byard was an all pro? And Deion Sanders said he's just a fan. Like that's a great example of how the national media didn't give a lot of those Titans players enough credit. So I believe Wesley Woodyard and I I feel like his complaints are valid, but at the same time, it's more of the Vrabel bashing that we've seen from him. I I just, for me, I want to hear it from somebody else. Like I I, I hear you, Wesley Woodyard, and I, I don't believe he's making any of this up. I feel like it all comes from a true place, but When you're just one-sided, you know, the same side all the time against this guy that cut you, it's giving off bitter X vibes to me.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, and I talked to Buck yesterday afternoon about this and and we're going to do some work to try to gather quotes from former Titans on both sides of this or somebody. If we can find somebody in the middle, then we're going to, damn it, we're going to try to do it. So we're going to continue to do work on this. And somebody asked, what's the expiration date on talking about Mike Grable? And it really depends on what happens if, uh, with the rest of the jobs that are out there. Jim Harbaugh is now going to be the Chargers head coach. So there's four jobs open Panthers, Falcons, Commanders, and then Seattle. So what's going to happen with Mike Vrabel there? And I think uh, it'll be very interesting to see if Vrabel gets a job of these four or if he doesn't. Uh, but Kane says Vrabel is gone. Rather would know who the next defensive coordinator is. Look, we're, we're going to get to that in a second. Timeline is a timeline. We got to make sure that we can talk about it with educated um, expectations. And then Esco comes in with another super chat. There will be growing pains, becoming more modern. Be prepared for a lot of two to three interception games. Uh, hopefully, the Titans still win, but don't get your hopes up. I look. That's another topic uh, unrelated to today's show, but uh, we'll definitely discuss. You know, expectations moving forward. But I said this before Mike Vrabel was fired. I think the Titans can win the AFC South next year. I think they can. They have an opportunity to grow. Why not? I don't think the I don't think the difference from Houston Texans to the Titans is as gigantic as other division champions to last place teams. I think there's opportunity in the AFC South for the Titans to do something.
3: It'd be really nice if Bobby Sloak took a head coaching job somewhere else too, and the Texans had to start over on offense. Titans fans know how difficult it is to, su- to sustain a level of success on offense when you rotate offensive coordinators. I don't know that Slowett gets a job this cycle, but if he has another season like he did this year, I believe he'll land somewhere next year. But there's not a team in the division that's a world beater, right? Like every single team in the AFC South still has major flaws. Like Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like a great quarterback that everybody anointed him to be after he beat the Chargers despite throwing four interceptions. Like that was that was ridiculous how they put him on a pedestal. Like the, the Colts are gonna be steady. The Texans are good, but no one really is elite in this division. So there's still room for the Titans to move up. And hey, if you don't win it, beat up on your division. You're gonna be playing a third place or a fourth place schedule next year. You've got some wins built in there. You, you got a shot at a wild card spot as well. So I think that the expectation next season is making the postseason, and I don't see it any other way.
1: For sure. All right, Jack. Are you ready? For the Magic Bucket today. Yes. All right. Shout out Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. Go see them in Lebanon. Say hey to Payne Bone Forest. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go. And I did see uh, a comment earlier in the show from IR. Says, where's the makeup, Santa? Well, uh, (laughs) obviously IR the, uh, the weather in Nashville all pushed out the Amazon delivery times. So the, the Santa costume will be at Jack's house by Monday. So next week, Jack will be wearing Santa. And I will be wearing an eye patch when that happens too because of the same issues of uh, weather just messing everything up, driving me insane. I got nailed the- three out of ten days there for a stretch
3: watch the Titans drop some massive news on OCDC that Wednesday night. And then we come up on Thursday looking like complete morons in our gear. I know that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, probably so. All (laughs) right. So I got the, I got the magic bucket right here. I'm going to pull for me first today. Uh, Devin says, weird. I got my stuff from Amazon. No, I, I got, I had an Amazon truck. No joke. Stranded on the hill in my neighborhood. Like the dude just said, screw it. Left his truck on the side of the road and, Peaced out. And it was there for like four days. (laughs) So uh, it was a little bit different here. All right. I think I've already done this one. So that was the name as many Super Bowl MVPs as I can in 30 seconds, which was a lot of fun. But I've already done that. Okay. Ah. If I could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? I hate these types of questions because I always regret them. I always regret how I answer these questions later on because I have to come up with this like on the fly. So I'm gonna keep thinking of mine. Um,
3: I know who. And mine then,
1: is. all right, this next one is for Jack. Okay, Jack, um, what is the best appetizer of all time?
3: Oh wow, this is a great one. Oh man, you know there's some classics. The chi- the the chips and queso is steady Eddie, but I don't think it's the best appetizer of all time. You've got what else? What else you got, chat? Help me out here.
1: No, no, um, no. Chat's not helping you.
3: I know. I just want to. I just want to hear from them. You know, I want to hear the chat's opinion as well, Austin. I'm very chat focused. Okay. I'm chat centric. I believe in the chat. Um, uh,
1: Steven says, "Date me, chicken is the best appetizer ever."
3: Ah, uh, Steven, it's the wrong name. It's Marry Me Chicken. There's no, because you, know, you have to
1: have Date Me Chicken as one? an appetizer before entree chicken. Okay.
3: All right. Shrimp Cocktail, says Scott Weaver. Uh, blooming Onion, great answer. Fried Pickles? I'm not a Fried Pickles guy, Eddie. I, I'm really not. Um, so for me, the best appetizer, oh, this is tough. You know, I go to Brick Tops, and every now and again, I'll get the Tuna tartar, but I feel like it's not as good as it would be in Florida. Uh, Or like somewhere on the coast where you know tuna actually live, and you're not pulling tuna out of the Cumberland River. Um, For me, I think I think I got to keep it steady. And this is a boring answer, but I think it's chips with guac, queso, and salsa. You got to have the triumvirate. But I will say, getting specific, bourbon steak, bourbon steak fry appetizer with all their sauces that they make in house. That's the best appetizer I think I've ever had.
1: Okay. So what's your answer? You've named so many things. What is your answer, Jack? What is the best appetizer? Look,
3: you, you put me, you put me on death row and I want a (laughs) meal and I'm going appetizer. I think I'm going to ask for one last go at the chips with queso, salsa, and guac. Okay. That's my answer.
1: All right. All right. Uh, I have my answer for, uh, who would you have dinner with? And it's just one person. Who would you have dinner with? Anyone dead or alive? Who could it be? Just one person, which makes this hard. So that means I'm not going to go anybody that I'm related to, whether marriage or blood, because I don't want to point anybody out and make somebody else mad or hurt somebody's feelings. So I'm going to go towards a professional mindset for the one person I would love to have dinner with to pick their brain and to hear stories and conversation about the business former voice of the Tennessee volunteers John Ward. John Ward would be my pick why because I grew up listening to him on the radio how he transformed what marketing and advertising was for sports media like building the vol network is what John Ward did back in the 50s, 60s 70s that turn into like how we do our business now is because of what John Ward was doing in marketing. He was more of an advertiser marketer than he was a broadcaster. And so that's what I I think I would go with John Ward.
3: I like that answer. It's a good answer. I, I, am I allowed to say mine or is there a chance that I pull this and you need to me, bolster? You
1: can, pull it so you can hold on to it if you want.
3: Okay, I'll hold on to it. Um, some really funny comments rolling in in the chat. Um let me, let me go find Nick's comment. It was absolutely hilarious. Oh, is, is there a recipe for stop nagging me chicken? Um, <laughs> didn't we have, didn't we have, you're going to get in trouble if your wife's or your girlfriend's watching the show, by the way. yeah. <laughs> and then there's a follow-up that says, um, well, where is this? Oh, he says, Jacob says, it might skip to I'm filing for a divorce chicken. Look, it's marry me chicken, guys. Don't get it confused. Stick with the classics. You won't regret it. Roy chiming in, appetizer, spinach dip. Spinach dip's a great answer. I, I just think you get more bang for your buck when you get the salsa, the queso, and the guac. I, I'm going to regret that answer, too, because that's not the right answer. I, I saw an Aaron Cheney answer, great answer, very high, high class. Um, I'm going to end up regretting that answer, but that's what I'm rolling with.
1: No, you have to. That's fine. All right, guys, that'll be it for us. A lot of stuff today on A to Z Sports because uh, Brian Callahan's press conference is at one o'clock central time today. Sam Thalen will be live for Titans at two. After that, it's you know know, maybe two thirty three, depending on how long the press conference goes, uh, for Sam to have that ready. So get ready for Titans at two after the press conference this afternoon. I do know that Brian Callahan will be on 3HL on 104.5 at 5 o'clock today. And then Buck Rising will be live tomorrow or tonight at 8 p.m. Central for A to Z Sports Primetime. So that'll do it for us. Make sure you hit that like button because that goes a long way for us. So please like the show before you go on Facebook and on YouTube. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow morning on a Friday to wrap up the week. appreciate it as always.